The following information is for educational use only and should not be construed as medical advice. Hey everyone, this episode is going to cover Ondansetron, also known by the brand name Zofran, a medication used for nausea and vomiting. In TC3, this will most likely be after administration of morphine or fentanyl, but it doesn't have to be. It can be used for almost any nausea and vomiting. The most common formulations of this medication are oral tablets, oral disintegrating tablets, and intravenous or intramuscular routes. TC3 guidelines are pretty straightforward for Ondansetron. They recommend a dose of 4 mg in either an orally disintegrating tablet, IV, IO, or IM every 8 hours as needed for nausea and vomiting. The guidelines are pretty specific about it being an orally disintegrating tablet and not a tablet that the patient swallows. Subsequent doses of the same 4 mg can be given 15 minutes after the initial dose, but no more than 8 mg can be given in an 8-hour period. So, a quick example to ensure clarity. If the patient is nauseous or vomiting, administer 4 mg of Ondansetron. 15 minutes later, if the patient is still nauseous or vomiting, you can administer a subsequent dose of 4 more milligrams. If the patient continues to have symptoms, look for other possible causes or comfort measures that you may be able to provide. You'll have to wait another 7 hours and 45 minutes to administer a third dose, and then another 15 minutes after that for a fourth dose. A quick tip for nausea for patients in a moving vehicle such as an FLA, have them just pick a spot and stare at it. Being in the position they are where they're not facing the direction they normally would inside a vehicle and being in an enclosed area can a lot of times make someone nauseous. So have them pick a spot against the wall or the doors or just any kind of stationary area and stare at it. And a lot of times it does wonders to reduce nausea. I know it doesn't sound like much, but something to at least try. The Army Flight Medic guidelines aren't much more complicated than the TC3 guidelines. They advise to administer 4 to 8 milligrams intravenously with periodic mentions of intramuscular and intraosseous routes for patients with nausea and vomiting, so that's pretty on par with the TC3 guidelines. They also suggest administering 8 milligrams intravenously over 15 minutes every 12 hours for hyperemesis gravidum, which is severe morning sickness. Exceptions to this are pediatric patients under 12 years of age. If they're 40 kilograms, which is 88 pounds, they receive a weight-based dose of 0.1 milligrams per kilogram, and pediatrics over the 40 kilogram or 88 pound mark receive the 4 milligrams that adults do. One more place the Army's flight medic guidelines mention on Danstron is for adults who are bradycardic or peds who are tachycardic or bradycardic, all following a beta blocker overdose. I'm getting a little off track here, but beta blocker overdoses are typically treated with glucagon. Due to the high likelihood of nausea and vomiting for these types of patients, the flight medic guidelines recommend administering 0.15 mg per kilogram on Dancitron to peds and an unspecified dose for adults. In absence of direction from a provider, I would take this unspecified dose to mean 4 mg on Dancitron. I also want to point out that I wouldn't expect many patients with a beta blocker overdose to present with tachycardia like the flight medic protocols mentioned for pediatric patients. I think this is a typo due to some copy and pasting it appears they did when writing the guidelines. 
The reason I think this is because beta blockers typically slow down the heart rate. I haven't heard of them speeding it up. I guess that could happen if someone was having an allergic reaction. However, in that case, I would take treatment down a different route and not really worry too much about the ondansetron in the immediate care. Ondansetron would be more of a secondary thing. The guidelines also recommend administering ondansetron with fentanyl, but they don't mention ondansetron every single time they mention fentanyl, so it seems like it's more up to the provider's choice. For adults, the guidelines recommend administering no more than 8mg every 6 hours and to administer the ondansetron over a period of 30 seconds or more. Something else important to keep in mind is the storage of the medication. Oral tablets, orally disintegrating tablets, and intravenous ondansetron should all be stored between 2 and 30 degrees Celsius, which comes out to 36 to 86 degrees Fahrenheit. It's also important to store ondansetron right side up and away from light. Let's go over mechanism of action. It's a serotonin 5-HT3 receptor antagonist. Usually, serotonin binds to the receptor, which causes nausea, vomiting, and raises the seizure threshold of the patient. Since ondansetron is a 5-HT3 receptor antagonist, it has the opposite effect. It reduces the chance of nausea and vomiting, and lowers the seizure threshold in patients. I've seen some documentation that it may reduce pain in peripheral neuropathy, but I haven't found quite enough to call that conclusive at this time. The most common effects of ondansetron are headaches, malaise, constipation, and diarrhea. Other less common side effects include bronchospasms, tachycardia, angina, hypokalemia, vascular occlusion, seizures, and transient blindness. Luckily, the blindness has been shown to resolve in between a few minutes to a few days, so it can be pretty disconcerting for patients, but you can try to reassure them with that. Uh, good luck though, some patients are pretty hard to reassure, and I would be too if I went blind for any reason. In rare cases, it can even cause changes in EKGs. VTAC, SVT, PVCs, AFib, bradycardia, second-degree blocks, hypokalemia, QT prolongation, and ST depression are all possible effects of ondansetron. One thing to keep in mind is that while ondansetron is for nausea and vomiting, it usually isn't as effective as Dramamine and Meclizine when the symptoms are caused by external forces, such as waves rocking a boat or the example given earlier of a patient in an FLA. Let's move on to special populations. Ondansetron is safe for peds 4 years of age or older for preventing nausea and vomiting prior to receiving certain types of chemotherapy. There's evidence that it's safe for all peds between 4 and 18 years of age, but I was unable to find any FDA recommendations for these types of patients, so that's something I would want to ask a provider about before administering it. Studies on birth defects when ondansetron was given to pregnant women have produced mixed results. The safety of ondansetron in pregnant women is inconclusive. It's unknown whether or not ondansetron is present in human breast milk, so that may be safe or unsafe for any babies that consume it. The data still isn't in on this, so I don't want to speculate. The FDA doesn't recommend any dosage adjustments for patients with renal or hepatic impairment. No dosage adjustment is recommended for geriatric patients, and although it appears to be safe for those 75 years of age or older, 
the data is still inconclusive on that also. A study of volunteers taking 8 mg oral Zofran showed peak plasma concentration times of between 102 and 132 minutes, with mean elimination half-life times of between 3 and 6 hours. Peak plasma concentration and half-life times tend to be higher and longer in female patients and elderly patients when compared to younger and male patients. The time to reach peak plasma under fasting conditions were about an hour faster than whenever Rondansetron was taken with a high-fat meal. Anyways, that's all I've got for this episode. Check back periodically for more, and as always, thanks for listening to Doc, not Doctor.